You may be wondering what the topic of today's discussion is. That's if you're anything like my guest, Martin Lopez, the author of The Curiosity Theory. He is fascinated by curiosity and he's going to teach us a little bit about the value of cultivating curiosity of our own. Now, Martin has just put out a program on improving your communication skills and and resolving conflicts better and it is extraordinarily reasonably priced we're talking under 30 bucks so if you like what you hear today please go on to martin's website and support his work but first enjoy episode 40 of the be yourself and love it podcast with me anthony samroth and martin lopez Okay, Martin, thank you so much for joining me on the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. Before we dive in to the curiosity theory, let's hear a bit about your backgrounds and how you became involved in teaching people how to communicate better, uh, resolve conflicts, and use curiosity as a bridge. Well, I think it all started when I was a kid. You know, I grew up in a tough neighborhood, and you know, even the even the good kids had to be tough in the neighborhood I grew up in. Uh, and down on the border, down it's in the United States, but down on the border, close to Mexico, and it's just a, it was a tough neighborhood. It was a great neighborhood. I had a great upbringing, but there was a lot of tough kids there. There's a lot of gangs, and there's a lot of stuff going on. And I learned young to protect myself and how to fight. And what I did is I took that that training. I took that that, that way of being into the rest of my life. I took it into business and unfortunately I took it into my marriage and I didn't like losing fights. I didn't like backing down. And as a result, uh, I would create conflict where there, where there wasn't conflict. It's kind of like you bring a, you know, a, I don't know, you bring a gun to a knife fight, if you will. You know, I just, I would always, I would just bring more than I needed to bring in, in moments of conflict. And I didn't know that. And you found that you were actually generating conflict without fully realizing it, that you were escalating conflicts rather than de-escalating them. Exactly. That's exactly what's happened. I, was, I, I didn't realize that I was, because of my uh, knee-jerk reactions to things, that where I could have turned something and, you know, just answered a question or, you know, kept something civil or kept something nice that I reacted. And, and as a result, it, the, you know, the conflict escalated. Or, the, or it wasn't even a conflict. The situation escalated. So let's hear what's different about you now then. How do you operate differently in the world from when you used to be more reactive and escalate conflicts? I think I, I, well, what happened is, is there was a series of events that happened and I learned that um, I learned that really it's about a win-win situation. And the win is, isn't about – the win is not necessarily about me winning my – opinion or or reacting in the worst possible worst possible you know most personal way i could take something of what somebody said maybe there's a different way and i learned that like i said in a series of situations that happened with actually it started with a with a, a misunderstanding with my wife uh, just about where we were going to go to dinner well okay here's the thing women <clears throat> they refuse to choose a place to go out to dinner and then when you choose the place to go out to dinner, they're not happy with it. Was it something yeah. like that? 
<laughs> it was exactly like that. It was like, really? you know, it, it, I was just, yeah, kidding, was, but I was really just kidding, but you say it's exactly like that. It's, it was, it was the, well, that situation was exactly like that. So I had been married about 15 years. We, it was a Friday afternoon around three o'clock and my wife's a school teacher. So she gets off about two thirty, quarter to three. She's driving home. I'm finishing up my week. I'm a loan officer. It's what I do for a career is I'm in the mortgage business. I lend money on, you know, for people that are buying houses. And so I work in the real estate industry. So I had a tough week. She had a tough week. We both want to go out to dinner and have a couple drinks, maybe go dancing or go listen to some music. So we're trying to figure out where we want to go eat. And I started to make a couple suggestions. And I said, honey, how about if we go eat some Vietnamese food? And she was like, no, no, I don't like that. No, thank you. I don't really, I'm not in the mood. And I said, okay. So I was thinking, okay, well, how about some Italian food? My wife worked for 10 years at an Italian restaurant. It's my favorite Italian restaurant. So I said, how about let's go to the Venetian? She's like, no, I don't really feel like, you know, pizza. Okay, you know, no problem. And then I was trying to think, what else can we do? Well, my office is right by this place called Old Town, which is like an old Mexican village with, you know, probably 20 different Mexican restaurants, some of the best restaurants in San Diego. And I said, let's go to Old Town Mexican Cafe. And she's like, no, I don't really feel like that. So I've given her three suggestions. I'm frustrated. I'm like, come on, man. Why don't you come up with something? But I'm thinking that in my head. Right. So I get home. I only live a couple miles from my house. I work. I live. I only work a couple miles from where I live. I get home. I'm a little frustrated. I walk through the front door. She's there with a big smile on her face. Where are we? Where are we going to eat? And I'm like, really? Where are we going to eat? You need to figure it out. I gave you some suggestions. You figure it out. Five minutes later, she's in her bedroom. On her, on her iPad, playing crossword puzzles, and I'm in the living room watching ESPN. And as I'm sitting there, like all of a sudden, we're just in a fight. It's like we're in a disagreement. And 10 minutes ago, we were looking forward to going out to dinner, having some drinks, maybe going dancing, listening to music. It's like 10 minutes later, and, and I don't want to talk to her. She doesn't want to talk to me. We're just frustrated with each other. So I live close to the beach, so I wanted to drive down to the water and just go for a walk and kind of cool down. So I'm driving down. As I'm driving down to the beach, I'm thinking, okay, if all she did was agree to go to eat Vietnamese food, we would be there right now. We'd be having drinks. We'd be having a great time. All she's got to do is just say yes. I mean, what's you know, what's the problem? Why is it so difficult? And as I was going through this whole thing, this like she wasn't in the car with me. I'm having an argument with her. You know what I mean? Right. You're having the argument. With her in your head, you're saying, well, if she says this, then I'll say this. And if she says this, then I'd say this. You're having the argument with her in your head. Exactly. And she's not even there. <laughs> and I see myself. I, I literally see myself. like almost come out of my body and see myself like going through this argument with nobody there and trying to win an argument, trying to strategize and figure out a way that when I get back home, how I'm going to win and how she's going to be, how she's going to realize that she was wrong and what she did. And she's going to admit that she was wrong and everything's going to be perfect. Like really, like that's what I was, that's what I was arguing for. I was arguing for me being right, her being wrong. And then when she she finally realizes that she's wrong, that she's going to admit that she's wrong and everything's going to be perfect because she's going to go, you know what, honey, I was wrong. You were right. Let's go out and have dinner, whatever you want. Um, how long have you been married? I've been married 15 years at that point. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's, you know, so as I'm, as I'm going through that funny scenario, I'm realizing it's like, this isn't going to work. I mean, if, if, if. My wife wanted me to be wrong and she was going to make a point. And then I finally admitted that I was wrong 
am I necessarily going to be all happy about it? No, this no. is a bad strategy. I just like, this is a terrible strategy that I'm, I'm, I'm employing in my own brain, right? My own mind. And so by this time I get to the beach, I'm kind of cracking up, but I'm curious. I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I doing this like little fight in my head? And as I'm walking on the beach, I, I'm writing question marks because I want to remember, like I'm, I'm, I'm inquiring, right? So I write a question mark and I'm like, okay, so what is, what am I trying to do here? What am I trying to do here? Then I'll walk a little bit. Then I'll write another question mark. Like, what am I trying to do here? What am I trying to do here? And then I realize I'm trying to win a fight. And I learned this when I was a little kid. Right. I learned fight when I was a little kid. And I've been doing fighting the same way as I've always been doing fighting, mm. which take, you know, take no prisoners, you know, make right. sure you win. Make sure you win the fight. Make sure you destroy the person so that they don't ever want to fight you again. And that's how you do it. And yeah, teach them a lesson. That's great. Yeah, teach them a lesson. Teach them a lesson. You're not going to mess with me again. Now, I'm married. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to teach my wife a lesson. This is mm. crazy. This, It was kind of like this insanity. Like kind of a wake up, you know, like wake up and like, dude, what are you doing here? And, and as I'm writing the question marks, I'm just – what you so where did this come from like why am i doing this and as that happened i re remembered a fight that i got into when i was in eighth grade and i got out of it completely by accident and i'll tell you i want to share with you that the story so when i was yeah, in eighth grade do. i went like i said I, like i went to a tough school and i hung out with two guys one of the guys name was mark and the other was john mark was a little guy he was probably about four or five inches shorter than me but he he was a fighter. He was a you know he was a karate guy. He was a black belt in karate by this time. He he loved to fight. He kind of reminded me of Bruce Lee. But he would just like to pick fights and he'd always get us in fights. Now John, on the other hand, he was bigger than me, quite a bit bigger than me. And in eighth grade, he had a full beard. I mean, he he's probably supposed to be a tenth grader. He probably flunked a couple grades. So he was. Those are the two guys I hung out with a lot. And one day I walk into the cafeteria. Now, you know when you walk and you see like a fight when you're far away, there's a certain energy that the fight has? Yeah, people like to gather around and they take some perverse pleasure in seeing other people get involved in fights. Exactly. Well, I'm an eighth grader and I had that little perverse pleasure um, syndrome. And I always oh, a fight. So I walk up to the fight and I break my way to the front of the fight. There's a lot of kids there. And as I get to the front, who I see fighting is Mark and John. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're punching each other and wrestling and doing all that. And nobody's stopping the fight. So I reach down and I pull him apart. And since Mark is smaller than me, I have him in my left arm, my left hand, and I push him to the ground and he falls to the ground. No problem. Okay. He's back down. He's on the ground, like sitting on his butt with his hands on the ground. And I Sounds grab him. Like and you I, teach him a lesson. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm just trying to break it up. I'm just trying to break it up. And I grab John with my right arm and I, and I, push him away from Mark. And as I push him away, I rip his shirt. Now remember, John is bigger than me. And now I've broken up that fight, but I'm now locking you know, horns with John. Cause John looks at me, he looks at his shirt. He backs up like he's going to throw a blow. And now we're, now we're in a fight. Now he hasn't hit me yet, but he's getting ready to. So like I said, I grew up in a tough neighborhood and I get in my ready to fight position. Now, John is going to clobber me. John is bigger. He is, there's no way I'm going to win this fight. But what I learned is if you get your licks in, if you teach him a lesson, at least hurt him a little bit, right? 
Right. If you at least hurt a person, they're not going to mess with you. Right. Now, as I'm thinking, as I'm thinking all this whole thing, I'm thinking that's what I've been doing in my marriage. Wow. I'm just trying to throw blows, just hurt just enough so that she doesn't mess with me. Right. When I say when when I accuse her of something, when I when I try to one up her in an argument, that's all it is. Let me let me just throw something at you, honey, so that you know not to mess with me. Yeah, you know I mean, not is, to mess with me because if you mess with me, it will end up in you getting hurt emotionally exactly exactly but it was never intended to hurt the other person emotionally it was intended to make sure i didn't have to fight again right so i'm backing up with john i'm getting ready to fight and all this is going through my head as i'm as i'm thinking on the beach here I'm like wow this is a trip and when i backed up with john in just a, an instant i looked at john and i go john why are we fighting and immediately john just dropped his hands he kind of laughed he reached over, picked up Mark off the ground. They walked away, and he said, I'll see you later. And the fight was over. Wow. And I always my whole life wondered, what happened? Like, what happened in that moment that I didn't get clobbered? Like, I was, I was in a fight. I didn't start the fight. I tried to stop a fight, but then I was in a fight. And somehow, by accident, I'm now out of the fight. And it kind of always, kind of one of those memories that just stick in your, stick in your, you know, this, in your brain. Right. And I, I asked Mark, I asked John, why are we fighting? And I looked on the ground and I saw all these question marks. Hmm. And I asked him a question. And I wow. started to think, question, question, question. Be curious. Be hmm. curious. I'm just curious. And then I realized that this whole situation with my wife, I wasn't even upset about it. As a matter of fact, I was more curious what happened with her in the whole situation. Just like I had asked John, John, why are we fighting? Now I wanted to ask Yvette, honey, why are we fighting? So I run right. home, get to the house. I walk in the walk in the house, go through the you know to the to the house. She's in the bedroom. She's on the crossword puzzles. I can tell she's been crying a little bit. Right. And I said, Can you tell me why we're fighting? I don't know. Can you tell me what I did? And she told me. She told me all the stuff that I did. She told me how how my attitude was off and how I said something and she took exception to it and you know that she you know that I was just I wasn't being very pleasant and she didn't like it and she mm. wanted a different situation. And we went out. And we had a we had a great night. We had went out to dinner and we had drinks. We went and had a great evening. Once you spent another half an hour hour or so uh, trying to decide on a restaurant. <laughs> we went and ate, we went and ate Vietnamese food that night. Right. Right. We went and ate. Yeah, she's like, because, and 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 what so I realized. So actually, you you won because you got the Vietnamese place, really. <laughs> well, she, well, I won because I got to spend the night with my wife. Oh, oh, you you know that she's gonna listen back to this. Oh, she's not gonna like, she's not gonna like me and my jokes, but as long as you're in the good books. That's right. No, you joke. You know the 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 way that I love. Anthony, I love the way that you think because what you're saying is it's it's really how we think, and so few people are willing to be honest about what they really think. You know, well, it's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's it's like we, we there's a there's a constant uh, posturing in yeah. in our world right now where you know you look about it, you think about Facebook, all the social media, all that. there's a lot of like you know look at me, look at me, look how good my mm. life is, look at the good things I do, look at it, and the truth is the matter that. 
is is that we all struggle, is that yeah. we all get in conflict. We we all want to get along with everybody. We all want to feel like, you know, we love everybody and everybody loves us. But it's not the case. It's 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 no. sometimes we're sometimes we're disconnected. Sometimes yeah. we find ourselves disconnected from each other. Yeah, especially when people say things that are wrong and annoying. <laughs> especially yeah. on Facebook. Right. <laughs> I'm just Absolutely. kidding around. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, it is like I'm deeply concerned. Well, I'm concerned is a negative term, but anyone who listens to this show knows that authenticity is something that's really important to me. And it's part of why this show is called Be Yourself and Love It, because as I've probably said before, you know, it's not enough to be yourself. You have to actually enjoy it. Because a lot of people think, what my crappy self the one that didn't get dates in high school anyone but that self come on give me a break so it's like be yourself but this means first of all like authenticity it also means you have to have certain skills i mean you you know we are deeply involved in relationships with other people that means you need to know how to relate god does not give you the gift of knowing these things um yeah. In order to enjoy being yourself, uh, you need to be that that this this podcast focuses on practical things that people can apply in their day to day lives to help them yeah. gain greater satisfaction. There's a kind of an acknowledgement there that I guess it just doesn't happen magically. You need the skills to be yourself and love it. Um, so I appreciate you saying me saying what I think, although. Yeah, I just like to, there's a cynical side to me and it's, and I always try and find a use for every side of my personality. So the cynical side of me becomes my sense of humour. Like I will think something wrong. It's not, it's not that I really believe that thing. It's just a negative thought will come into my head. I'll, be looking at the dark side of any situation but i'll say it just because when i look at it from a certain angle it's not dark it's quite funny because either some people actually do think that way or it's easy for any of us to sometimes think that way we can always see the dark side of life so for me like my dark side becomes my sense of humor i kind of like very well famous amongst my friends for having a dark Mm -hmm. sense of humor it's something you know that everyone kind of acknowledges about me i've got i'll always say something you're not meant to say just just because you're not meant to say it and it amuses me um saying the thing that ought not to be said um and at the same time it's it creates quite a well-rounded character for me it's one of the ways that i be myself and love it because i'm quite polite and well-spoken and people get a real sense of warmth but if that's all I showed to the world, I'd have no bite to me. I'd be very one-dimensional. It's very boring to be nice all the time. So I've got a nice way of juggling my kind of cynical sense of humour with my um, with my warmth, I guess. You know, it's it, I, I see it as like the, the contrast of life, you know. It, it, like you said, if all you are is this nice guy with smiles walking around, 
Um, you know, there certainly is nothing wrong with that. Be happy and all that. And at the same time, sometimes life, you know, sometimes you, you, you like sugar and spice. Sometimes you like something else to offset it. A lot of people put, you know, uh, uh, salt in, in, in ice cream or, you know, a salty flavor, nut or something in ice cream. Because the contrast is what gives it the it gives it the texture, it gives it the depth, and I think that's how I look at what you're saying. It's it's like it's not a it's not a judgment thing. It's it's a way to express myself, and I express myself um, through two different contrasts, and sometimes even more than that. Yeah, for sure. So you ha- were building up, I believe, because I have had a look at your book, the Curiosity Theory which people can get on Amazon. Um, I believe you were building up to a third anecdote which helped you put all these three pieces, all these pieces together. Well, there's a lot. I mean, there really, there, there, there really is a lot. What, what I discovered in, the, in, the, in that day was, um, was kind of ask questions. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. And it just hit me. It was like curiosity. Like this is a curious. Like I have this theory now. I wonder if that is in fact the if it if this theory actually works. So I was thinking, okay, well I got to find a way to test this theory out. Like how can I use being curious in situations that are heated in conflict situations? Because when we're in conflict, we're disconnected, right? And right. when we're disconnected, it's it's often because people experience that their feelings or their needs aren't being acknowledged. They're not being taken seriously. And that happens all the time in business where, where people's, uh, you know, where, where people are, are maybe trying to, trying to contribute and it's not, and they're not being taken seriously or they're being dismissed, all that. And, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to try out this theory, this idea that I had because it worked and it worked completely mm. by accident. I discovered it by accident. So now in order to check the theory out, I, I figured, well, let me go, let me go find some situations and I'm in real estate. Um, and there's all kinds of conflict in real estate, right? People negotiating, money, all that stuff. But I was also in his jazz band. I was in a jazz group. I was a, I was a, a sax player. And so we, we had to practice one day. We were practicing in my garage. And the drummer was doing this. We were playing the song and everybody was grooving. It was like a great practice. And then the drummer would just do this weird thing that we didn't know what he was doing. And every time he did this, the band, we stopped playing. We just, everybody's like, dude, what, what did you just do? And he did it once and didn't tell us what he was doing. And then we started the song again and we were doing the same thing. And then he did this kind of weird thing again with the drums. And then we stopped. And then the keyboard player says, Patrick, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, but it was kind of like heated, you know, the way he's like, what are you doing, dude? Come on. Don't you know what you're doing? And it was one of those ways of saying something to somebody right. that it was just kind of like the final straw. And Patrick, he put it, he took his drumsticks and he put them away in the little pack and he started to undo the symbol, started to take his drums apart. Right. Like he was leaving. It's like, he was done. Right. I'm done. Like whatever happened, I'm done. Right. And I was sitting there like watching it happen. And I was thinking, you know, I've been in many bands and bands fall apart because, you know, we're musicians and we're moody and we're, you know, and we're sensitive people. And this band was just about to fall apart. And this, and we'd never gotten a fight. We never got, a, no one's ever said anything. But for some reason, Patrick was getting ready to pack his drums and get out of there. And he wasn't talking to anybody. So I look over to Patrick and I said, Patrick, I'm curious. Were you trying to do something? And he stops and he looks at me and he goes, I was kind of like right. with an attitude. I said, I'm really interested. Could you, would you tell me what you were trying to do? I'm just curious. And he said, 
I, last week I saw this band and they were playing this kind of groove and I wanted to play that groove and I just wanted to kind of like bring it to you guys and and see if you, how you guys would react to it. And I said, well, can you share it? Can you tell us more? And so he goes, yeah. So then he showed us the groove on drums and we said, okay, cool. And he said, okay, so when you play the song, my idea is, and so he started to put his drums back together, mm. right? So my idea is, so when you play the song, we'll get to this point and I'm going to do this change right here. And he kind of showed us the change and then let me just do my own thing. And then I'll bring you guys back in. When I bring you back in, I'm going to bring you in another groove. And then my hope is that people dance right. because we're a jazz and nobody ever dances to us. Right. But people are about around. I think if we change it up just a little bit, people will dance to us. Right. So I said, okay, that's a great idea. So everything was fine. So we started doing that, you know, and he got to express himself and tell us what he was doing. There was no upset. And we did this thing. We practiced it. It was really cool. Well, that Friday night we were playing in a, we were playing in a, in a club. Uh, it was a restaurant actually. And it was an audition, but we really didn't know it was an audition. We just thought we got hired. Right. Well, we did, played, we, we played a, a, a first set and everybody was just chilling. We played our second set. And then on the third song of the second set, he goes, I'm going to do that thing. And I said, okay. Everybody said, okay, good. So we're playing a song and then he, cues us in we all stop playing he does this drum change all of a sudden he changes the groove everybody comes back in the song and within minutes wow. the dance floor is packed. how the about that packed. how about yeah. that he has an intuition it and it paid off <laughs> exactly <clears throat> exactly so you know it, it it was a matter of him being able to contribute he wanted to contribute he had an idea you know he and he was willing to risk and he was willing to put himself out there, and he, he was hoping that we'd have an exceptional result with that, and and that we'd be like this 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 jazz band that people came to to start that would dance to, and for the whole the whole uh, summer we had that guy the owner of the of the club or the, bar, or the restaurant hired us, and we we worked every Friday night for the that whole summer we played, and it was and it was a hit like a lot of people mm. would come and have dinner and then dance and then they would go out dancing other places. It was really cool. And it was a, it was just because he had an idea, but he got shot down. And then I tried curiosity, right? Mm. I tried to be curious. And he, just like John, he just, it totally, it, it totally, you know, just stopped everything. It, it, it totally took the wind out of his upset sales. Nice and he just started one. to, Yeah. So I just started to keep trying curiosity any 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 time any place I could and then I noticed that my business was getting my business was getting better. I was starting to close mm. more deals. Uh I was starting to connect quicker and deeper with my clients. I was starting to mm. listen differently. I would ask them questions where I, I used to ask questions but I always had like an answer that I wanted for the question. Mm. Now I was authentically asking questions a different way. I was connecting with clients. Clients were referring me more business. I was collecting with more agents, connecting with them. They were referring me more, more business. Everything just got better as a matter of just employing curiosity. And how did you start teaching other people to use curiosity as a tool to improve their results? I just started uh, asking different companies if I could come out and talk about it. I, I, I told them – I came up with a couple different uh, concepts. One of them is called the 10-80-10 rule. The other one's called the winning formula and the circle of knowledge and then another one called the progressive and regressive cycle. Mm. So I came up with – I started coming up with these ideas and then I just wanted to try out the ideas to see if mm. the ideas work. And since I've been in the business and I've been in San Diego my whole life, I would just go – you know, I'd go to people that I know and say, 
Hey, I got, you know, can I, can I come talk for 20 minutes at your, at your next sales meeting? And they'd say, yeah, sure. So I'd go in and talk at sales meetings and I would just try out these ideas and people would go, that's awesome, you know? And so I just started and then I just built the whole program around it. Wow. Awesome. So have you been uh, consulting in businesses to teach them to improve their relationships or their sales? What have you been, what kind of work do you get up to? Well, I've, I've, I've gone into, in, into, you know, fortune 500 com- companies. I've gone into hospitals. And I've worked with big leadership teams, uh, I, you know, because it, you can apply it anywhere. Curiosity is is foundational. So like the other day I, w- I was talking to a bi- – in San Diego was a lot of biotech. So I was talking to somebody in biotech and, and he asked me, he says, well, do you know anything about biotech? And I said, I don't have to know anything about biotech mm. because, because this is all about people. Right. I know that people are here. And I know people. So – you know, biotech is the expression of somebody, you know, doing a science. Mm. But bef- before the person expresses himself, they're a person. Right. And as a person, they have feelings and they have needs and they get upset and they get excited. And sometimes they sometimes they 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 hold back. Sometimes they are their, their morale's low. Sometimes they 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 hold back their effort. Sometimes they don't feel respected. Sometimes they don't feel safe. Sometimes they're experiencing life, you know, they're experiencing past difficulties in life and they don't want to do anything. So that's human beings. And it happens. It doesn't matter if it's a marriage. It doesn't matter if it's a jazz band. It doesn't matter if it's a biotech company. Human beings, we operate the same way. We simply operate the same way in all of our environments. Right on. When we leave home, we don't leave our feelings at home. We take them with us. So true. So true. And one of the great challenges is to navigate our emotions when they're high and uh, especially when other people's emotions are high as well and somehow be able to meet everyone's needs so with that in mind what are some of the practical approaches that you teach people to use curiosity as a tool for improving their interactions? Well, there's quite a few different um, things we do, but I would say probably the, the, the most basic that we teach people, the most basic thing I teach people is to breathe. Right. Sounds real simple. It's to breathe. And, and the reason you do that, if you think about you know conflict, if you think about upset, you think about arguments, when, when we're in an argument, when we're in a conflict, our, our breath is shallow. Right. We're, we're, we're in that we're reptilian mode. We're in that fight or flight or freeze mode where we're ready to, to, to pounce or our, our adrenaline's going, our blood's pumped, or we're trying to get out of the situation. So we're, we're, you know, that's how we are. We shallow breathe. And so I say, I have something called the curious ABC pause. Right. So the want to do is acknowledge your reaction. A is acknowledge your reaction. So my reaction is I'm upset or my reaction is I'm, I'm, I'm angry or my reaction is I'm sad or my reaction could be I'm frustrated. Then breathe deeply. One, two, three. Because when you breathe, it takes the energy off of your reptilian brain and it puts it into your neocortex, which is our higher reasoning center. And then choose curiosity. Choose curiosity about what you're observing, what's going on in the situation. What's happening here? What, what am I making it mean? Because I'm a meaning-making machine. Human beings, we make everything mean something. So what am I making this mean? The situation when 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 Patrick was 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 packing up. What am I making it mean? Well, I might make I made it mean he's quitting the band. Right. 
but I got curious. I got curious about, about, about my feelings. I was scared and I needed to keep the band together. So I was, I, that, that's what my situation was. So as I took the ABC pause, as I chose curiosity, I cho- chose curiosity first about what I'm observing, how I'm feeling, what I need. And then I became empathetic. I wondered, well, what does Patrick need? I wonder what he observed just happened, and I wonder how he feels about it, and I wonder what he needs. And I thought, maybe he, he observed being chastised or, or he was mm. scolded. Maybe his feelings were hurt. Maybe it, it didn't feel very good to him, and maybe he needs to, a little respect or someone to listen to him. And I just tried that out, and it worked. Right. So one of the great challenges I find is when we are highly strong or we are actually furious at someone our empathy cuts off and we feel like angry we feel like disconnected from the other person and like the other person's bad or like maybe we've told them so many times and they're inconsiderate and we have all these judgments in our heads of them and also they feel very legitimate it feels as though really the person is out of line how do we get to express ourselves and our needs in a way that is going to give us the best results actually of that person not repeating the same behavior like you said you you used to want to teach people a lesson well sometimes we really do want people to change their behavior but also kind of be respectful of them and um, not treat them poorly when we do that a lot of us I, I've got a video on my YouTube channel called I have to assert myself again and I think that kind of sums up the feeling of oh not again like it's so annoying it's so annoying that someone would even put me in the situation where I have to assert myself because like I feel furious and some people put off a vibe like they can't actually take any criticism they're too sensitive and and it feels manipulative because it makes it difficult to confront them. Like, how do you deal with all that mess of emotions? That's, that's a really, really great question. And I would say first what I do is I look at myself. The first thing I, lo- I do is I look at myself. And like when I was driving down the street and heard myself talking and heard myself trying to win a fight, I, I, I would think um, – and when I'm in these situations, I wonder what I'm trying to do in this situation – like, am I trying to win something here? Am I trying to get my point across? And and and, and sometimes I got to look and see how important is my point in the situation. Well, to me, it's everything. To me, my point of view is everything, right? But for the other person, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. My point of view for the other person means nothing. That's why there's the conflict because the other the other party's got something that they they have to say. And what they have to right. say, it's legitimate, it's important for them. Hmm. And so if if I become this judge where it says, you know, what I have to say is more important to than the other person, I think in a sense it's saying to the it's saying to the world that, you know what, I'm really better than you guys and really my opinion hmm. is the only one that matters. But, but so, Martin, it is. My opinion is the only one that matters. Don't you understand it, that? Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I know you're being I know you're joking but in moments of conflict I was joking in moments of conflict, <laughs> yeah. 
but when, when in moments fight, of conflict, fights, it, in moments of conflict, it does feel like the other person has done you an injustice, and um, that really your point of view is the only one that matters. Yeah, exactly. And we asked this question in our in our in our in our pro in our program. Um, let me find the question. I love this question. I want to ask it. He said, "What is the worst or most personal way you can take what you just said or did?" Like we're saying that to people. What is the worst, most personal way I can take what you just said? Right. What this person just did. That's funny. And that's what again, I, I'm going to find the worst, most personal way to take what the person just said. And then I'm going to retaliate. Right. And, and, and when you start to like kind of put the puzzle pieces together, you start – people start to say, wow, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing this action. Oh, so you get them to do it deliberately so that you can just demonstrate how detrimental that can even be. I don't have to because we all know that. We all know situations we've been into that we got into completely by accident. Like we said something, it was taken the wrong way or somebody said something to us and we took it the wrong way. We're human beings. We don't have to look very, very, you know, very far and very deep to see that happening. Mm. Now, some don't see it in themselves and they can see it in other people mm. which is really the same thing we can see the we can see the mistakes that other people make sure it's very easy to to find fault in, in other people and 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 to me that's the that's what happened to me when i was driving i was i was noticing the mistakes that my wife was making right and then i noticed myself being the kind of person that did that and i wasn't okay with that anymore i wasn't okay with being the kind of person that was trying to win a fight with the woman I love. Right. Right. You wanted to learn to operate differently. So I guess that, that ends up in the question, really quite simply, is what is more important for me right now? Is it, is it teaching them a lesson or is it the long-term health of the relationship? And... And when we start to look at, um, at, at fights, sometimes it, 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 it appears and occurs for people that what is the most important thing is to destroy right now and I'll mm. deal with the carnage later. I'll deal with, right. I'll deal with the mess later. But what right. almost always happens is after that's happened, we look back and we go, man, I should have did something different. Right. Right. Yeah, there, there's an old expression that goes, when you're angry, you'll make the greatest speech you'll ever regret. <laughs> I'm going to use that in my program. That's great. Yeah. That's brilliant. When you're angry, you'll make the greatest speech you'll ever regret. It's a good one. So, speaking of your program, one of the reasons why this is a great juncture to have you on the show is because anyone who wants to learn more... You've got a course, an online course, or a program coming up. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I just launched a, a, a six-week course called the Curiosity Theory, and I and I build it around sales. Mm. And um, it could be around leadership, it could be around parenthood, it could be around marriage, it could be around all the different things. And it's a six-week course, and there's 24 modules. And the reason I spread it out um, is because there's there's homework to do, mm. and the homework isn't. Go sit down and write anything. The homework is you you observe, because right. you observe and you listen and you watch. Mm. And then 
as you go through that, then you start to see different things. You start to see how, how people are doing stuff and they're always doing the same thing mm. and how you're doing stuff and you're always doing the same thing and you're able to start seeing different components in our in your own behavior. And, and as you walk through the modules, you, 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 what you're going to find and, and with the promise of the course is you're going to find that your relationships are transforming. That mm. it becomes, it becomes less important for you to change the world. And becomes more important for you to empathize and connect with the world and, and work on yourself. Because this is why. Ultimately, it's our experience. You know, it, it's, if you think about this, if I'm trying to change somebody, I'm trying to change somebody from my own experience of them. Hmm. I'm not trying to, I'm not really trying to change them for them. And people, people argue, well, no, you want that person to be differently. Well, I want that person to be different. Because I want to have a different experience of that person expressing themselves. It's always about us. Right. So what if we did this? What if we what if we worked on ourselves? Mm. So we do in the course. And then what we do is we contribute to other people, being the best them that they could be. Okay. And how does that look differently from when we're trying to change their behavior for us that we have a different experience of them? Well, we start to understand behavior. What happens in the course is we start to understand behavior. That behavior is a strategy. Behavior is a strategy to get something we need. Let me give an example. I was talking to somebody about, uh, this is yesterday, uh, I, I was speaking yesterday, and they were talking about, uh, it was a bunch of real estate agents, and they were talking about graffiti. There's a, they, you know, they have a house, and there's somebody that does graffiti on the house. They know who the person is. And they said, what would you do to the person? What would you say to the person? And I would probably, I said, I'd probably go up to the person and say, looks like you really want people to know who you are. Right. Like you really want, like you, you're like, you're real proud of your art. You're real proud of, you want to be known. You want people to know, hey, my name's Hector. Or my name is John. And I want people to know that. And the guy looks at me right. and he goes, you're right. That's exactly. He's putting up a sign telling people I'm important. I'm right, significant. Right. He's got a special tag. Well, that was insightful because. I guess I feel like that too. I mean, I work with people. I, I offer both coaching and therapy services depending on what people's needs are. And sometimes I work with people who've had the most horrible things done to them. And I think, why? I am actually curious, like, why would anyone do that? How could anyone do that to someone else? Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm a naturally curious person, um, and it's, it's sometimes it's a most horrific thing. But it's very easy for people to see someone do something like graffitiing and think, "What an idiot!" Like, "Oh, those kids. If I had them, I'd beat them back in blue, and then they'd never do that again." Or, um, "His ass should be in jail," or something like that. Where it's very easy to jump to judgment and with every judgment comes the desire to punish and with the desire to punish um, comes a sort of retributive action and very rarely, if ever, when someone is punished will they go, do you know what, I really did something wrong there. Like, uh, I, I really deserve that. I know some people say, well, I was spanked and I deserved it and I, I and, and things like that. But for the majority of the time, at least when it happens, it focuses you on yourself and you start thinking, oh, I can't believe they did this to me. Like, uh, who do they think they are? Um, well, I'm going to 
do something even worse to them if I ever get a chance. It just makes people feel more misunderstood, more resentful to the world, and maybe they're going to take out their anger and hatred on the world in other ways, but this time they're going to try and not get caught so that they won't be punished. Exactly. I, I think what you said was, was brilliant. I think that the, the, the key to what you just said was you gave a story about something, which is the observation. So I teach observations, feelings, and needs. So you said the story, which was the observation. That's the story, right? That's, and then you said the feeling. This scenario made me feel this way. Therefore, I'm going to do this. And that's what it is. It's, 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 I saw this. I felt this. My strategy is now to, to resolve that is to do this. Conflict res- resolution, the way that I teach conflict resolution, the way I work with conflict resolution is I, I want to know the story. I want to know what happened. Then I want to know how it made the person feel. And then I'm really interested in what strategy they've been employing to, to, to resolve it. Or, and, and oftentimes it might be yelling or, or ignoring. It could be cajoling. It could be whatever. And I'm interested in that. And I, I typically find that those strategies, there was an unmet need. There was something that they really needed, which could be something simple, uh, but, but, but deep and personal and incredibly important to the person. I mean, and when I mean, you know, deep and personal and important, I mean core, like core value, the person that, you know, that wants to be understood or a person that needs support or a person that wants to contribute to the world or a person that wants autonomy or the person wants to feel confident or express themselves. There's human needs that we have. And when those human needs don't get expressed, we're going to do anything to, 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 to get to express those. And the strategies that we employ often are, 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 are violent, are, 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 are not very nice. You know, they're just, we, we, we employ strategies and the strategies often don't work. And how we know they don't work is because we don't really feel any better at the end. You know, it's like I got out of the fight, I got out of the situation, but now I'm going to have to go apologize to the person that I that I said what I said to. So it's like all we've done is we've relieved ourselves of a little bit of the pressure, a little bit of the dis- the discomfort, but now we've left a mess. We've left a we've left a, a puddle of a mess, and now we got to go clean that up. Right. We just dis- we discharge our emotions into others, but the thing is, when you do that. If, especially if they're a loved one, you're in a system with them. Anything they feel, anything they feel negatively is going to come back around to you. Anything they feel positively is going to come back around to you. And there's an old expression, you know, don't poop where you eat. Well, you know, your yeah. loved ones, if you poop on them, you're pooping where you eat. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, mm. it's very, very rough. So, so then the question is, is so... Because we're in conflict. We're, we're in that energy state. So how do I not do that? Well, mm. there's and, – and, and there's a whole strategy that we use that, that has you actually look at things from a higher level. And it's like, okay, well, be the bigger person. It's not about, about being the bigger person. It's about looking at a higher need that you may have. You may be in a survival situation, and it might you may you may have to reach up to love and belonging. You may have to reach up to, uh, you know, uh, 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 fulfilling your personal potential. You may have to reach up to your self-esteem to be able to get you to to um, to 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 help the other person meet that need that they have. Um, but when you're when you're rolling in the gutter, when you're fighting with the person in that at that level, it's just going to be mano a mano. It's going to be who wins the fight, uh, and and 
when you can find a bigger reason, a better reason, a higher reason for you to do what you need to do, what you know is best, and have you get something out of it, which is the key, you get something out of it, then you'll do that. Because when we're trying to fight, we're trying to get something out of it. So let's find a better reason, something better to get out of it other than winning a fight. Right. And with that, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. So, Martin, tell people where they can find your book and the rest of your resources. Everything is on the Curiosity Theory. TheCuriosityTheory.com, that's the place to go. You can also see me on Facebook. Um, you can Martin Lopez and the Curiosity Theory for Sales is my Facebook page. Uh, those two places, great. I'd love to interact if you um, mm. have any questions thing uh, as far as my program i'm looking to bring it to companies and big teams and it's a great program and you can find me you can find the program at the curiosity theory.com great thank you so much for joining me in the be yourself and love it podcast and you at home until next week be yourself well don't just be yourself be yourself and love it